Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman. I'm Mel. I'm Helen. And I'm Janet. So in honor of Father's Day, we thought we would do an episode about our dads or father figures in our lives. So we did have an episode on mothers, and now we're going to flip it and focus on the papas in the family. ABDs! Yes. <laughs> Why does that sound so weird? I don't know. <laughs> so the girls and I were talking, and we realized that, you know, we talk a lot about our moms, but then fathers are something we don't really get to touch on. I think this is a good way for us to kind of dive deep and kind of explore our different dynamics and relationships with our dads and the other father figures in our lives. The first question I want to ask is like, how would you describe your relationship with your father? So this is like the first time I would say that I've ever like sat down and like thought about my relationship with my dad. Mm-hmm. Other than for like Father's Day Instagram posts where I'm like, why do I love my dad? But it's like all the positive things, right? Exactly. So for me, like sitting down and thinking about it, I'm much more aware of like my relationship with my dad from mm-hmm. thinking about it. But my relationship with him has always been very stable, like very even keeled. And I think that's reflective of the type of person that he is as well. Mm-hmm. In our household, my mom is the one that is like extremely like emotional she's the one that's kind of like bad cop and he's like the good cop right Mm -hmm. bad cop in the sense that she's like are you eating enough are your clothes clean Mm -hmm. is your homework done Mm -hmm. so she was always the one that was like kind of forcing enforcing things upon us whereas he's like oh she's doing the work the the dirty work and you know lifting doing the heavy lifting and he's kind of sitting back there's only been like two times that i've seen him extremely mad at me Mm. and i mean one of them was in like high school we grew up in like the inner city and i hung up with a lot of bad kids and we did a lot of like petty stealing which not proud of at all but that was like part of my youth and Mm -hmm. so there was one time when i got caught at like a freaking walmart stealing gum or some shit (laughs) and so they like brought me to the back and he had to come pick me up and he was so mad and that's one of the few times i've ever seen him so mad in my life Mm. but other than that he's definitely very like father figure in my life in the sense that he has this like male dominance at home Mm -hmm. but i think it's also in a very like almost like soft empathetic way and we see his love through his actions of how he treats us rather than words I feel like I could relate a lot to what Helen's saying about her dad in terms of like the stoic, quiet characteristic. My dad's like that too. I guess in my backstory with my relationship with my dad, I don't think a lot of people know this, but my parents are actually divorced. So my mom and my dad divorced when I was four and my mom remarried to my stepdad when I was like five or six. So really it was a quick, I guess, turnaround. So my stepdad has always been the father figure in my life. And I think this really plays into why I'm so close to my mother and why the other father figures in my life have stepped up to kind of help and protect me or like take care of me. I don't know about you guys or the listeners out there, but because I'm a child of divorce and a thing I'm kind of sensitive to, I just feel really weird when people say that I'm from a broken family because I never felt that way growing up because I think my stepdad has always been there for me. He's always, mm-hmm. I always felt like I had a nuclear family because... It was always my mom, my stepdad, and my little brother since I was like seven or five. I don't know. It just hits a weird spot for me because I think just because my parents are divorced, like I don't think anything is broken. And I think some people, when they find out my brother is like my half brother per se, like by blood, I never saw my little brother that way because he is my brother. I was there. My mom was pregnant and like I saw him Mm -hmm. not really come out, but he was there since like day one. So... Mm -hmm. He's always been like my brother, like 100%. And so I think that little background, coming from a divorced family, I always felt a little like, oh, I'm not from a broken family. But in regards to my relationship with my dad, I don't have one with my biological father. But from a young age, I do remember him. Like he did take me out when my parents divorced until like I was seven. And I think he eventually moved and he just stopped contacting me or we stopped hanging out. To be honest, I don't feel any negativity towards it because I kind of just moved on with my life and like had a relationship with my mom and the rest of my family is great. Like my mom's side of the family is like so close knit that I feel very lucky to have. I don't know. So like, he was just kind of there and you don't there, really feel yeah. like then he wasn't and then it wasn't and you had a lot of other family to kind of like fill that Ex- role. Exactly. Yeah. And I think for me, it's like, I kind of don't want a relationship with my biological dad because I feel like things are so great and my stepdad mm-hmm. cares so much about me. It's like, why even have that? But I guess to even give you more context is that I know for a fact that my dad like never paid child support. And I think that played into a lot of my closest with my mother because she did a lot. Like growing up, I see why she did so much for me to kind of take care of me. You know, that's why my grandparents raised me as a kid because she was working and my grandparents had to take care of me. So my grandpa was a really strong Mm -hmm. father figure in my life. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So from a young age, my grandparents were taking me to Taiwan, Hawaii, and then back to California until I was like 
five. And so I think my relationship with my grandpa is like one of the closest I have mm-hmm. in terms of like a male figure in my life. There's no ill feelings. I just really wouldn't want a relationship with my dad. And I feel like the other relationships with my other family members are much stronger. Like growing up, I was really close to my uncles, like my mom's younger brothers. And so they really took care of me and my stepdad, like in his own way, he took care of me. And looking over the questions that we we're going to answer today, I realized he's very similar to Helen's dad in the sense that he's more stoic and quiet, and but he shows his love in other ways. Mm-hmm. My stepdad's actually very traditional Taiwanese man. I only speak Mandarin with him, and my Mandarin's so shitty. But he, like, I think he sacrificed a lot to be with my mother. Mm-hmm. I think coming from a traditional Asian household, like marrying a woman who's divorced and has a child is kind of like a no. Mm-hmm. But my stepdad did it anyway because he loved my mom. And I think in some ways, even though he's so traditional, the way he tends and cares for my mom mm-hmm. is really like something I really appreciate and admire. So I think he's someone that regardless of him not being my blood related dad, has always been the father figure, you know? But I think that also speaks to incredible strength from like your mom mm-hmm. going through that, especially during a time when you're very like self-aware human. Yeah. When you're seven years old, like you know what's going on around you. Yeah. You know, like you know things are happening, and for her to instill in you the fact that you guys have a very strong family, it's not a broken family. Yeah. Despite her going through all of that, mm-hmm. that really does speak to your mom's strength. Yeah. Yeah. To be able to provide that for you, and I think that's incredible. Yeah, sometimes I feel like I don't, sometimes I don't notice it, but we don't really talk about it because it's like, yeah. my mom's going to be like, oh, I did this for you. But I didn't, I do remember when I was 18, I was graduating high school. She was like really excited to plan my graduation party. She invited like all of our like college friends and like all these people. And she's like, I want them to see that I was able to do this on my own. And so I think mm-hmm. that meant a lot to me. So I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? Yeah, you did. And like, that's why I want to make sure to everyone who knows me, it's like my accomplishments or everything I succeeded and everything is really is because of my mom mm-hmm. and the support of my stepdad. Like he mm-hmm. helped financially pay for all these things without even saying no he like really took me in as his own daughter without even like saying much in a way Mm -hmm. but yeah that's kind of like my long extended backstory which we'll dive into i guess as the episode continues janet so i have a younger sister who's like about two years younger than me so when we were growing up when we would go out as a family unit a lot of people would like think we were twins or they would like recognize your family and they would always say oh the little one looks like the mom and the older one looks like the dad oh really (laughs) and this was like strangers a very common pattern that was like happening and then even within my family like my aunts and my uncles there were always all these comments about how like i shared traits with my dad so i feel like growing up i always felt a little bit like his mini me Mm. There's an interesting dynamic because we are a Chinese family and I am the eldest child, so we don't have any sons in the family. And he is the eldest son. So in some ways, I feel like my relationship with him has been, I don't want to say I play like the eldest son role, but there's a little bit of that dynamic. Mm. Also growing up, my dad actually used to work a lot when I was younger. So probably up until junior high, I had a much closer relationship with my mother and my dad was there. He was a provider, but I didn't have much of a one-on-one beyond like weekends. We, We were pretty close on the weekends, but like during the day, I would not see him very much. He would come home at like 10 or 11 at night and not a lot of like interaction during the weekdays. And then when I was like a teenager, my family dynamic kind of flipped and I became a lot closer with my dad and that was also the period of my life where I was you know like applying to college and then also then going into like the workforce and stuff and so our relationship and my way of relating to him has oftentimes been based on kind of those things which maybe feel a little bit more typical like culturally I guess it's like Mm -hmm. you're focused on your work and you're Mm -hmm. focused on school so I guess a lot of my relationship with my father in my like development years were focused around these ideas of like schooling and career and how I would define success and I think that that is largely due to kind of like the cultural aspect of how we were raised which kind of rolls into our second question which is How do you think being Chinese or Asian plays a role in your relationship with your father? I think the sort of stereotype that we know of is that Chinese families are extremely patriarchal, Mm -hmm. right? There's a saying that a woman should be a subordinate to her father in her youth, her husband in maturity, and then her son in old age. Mm -hmm. So as in there's always this like male figure that the female should really be tending to throughout Mm -hmm. her whole life. So I do feel like my dad is somewhat of a bro. Like ever since he was younger, since he was 13, he like was a chain smoker. Like there are pictures of him where he has a mustache and he's like super creepy looking. So I'm just like, <laughs> and every time, whenever we go back to China, he would hang out with this, like his bros, right? Like his brothers. And they would just like drink all night and talk and gamble and like very... Like what a man in the like traditionally traditional masculine. sense, yeah, yeah, traditional masculine sense should be. I think my dad 
thinks that way. In Asian culture, men generally are not emotionally expressive, but they show their care through actions. And then also they're not expressive emotionally, but they're also not expressive like verbally. So sometimes it's like how they communicate their care is through what they do for you. Mm -hmm. To add to that, I think when I was younger, you know, like we grew up in households where it's a very Chinese traditional household, but at the same time, you're watching TV that is like very Americanized TV, mm -hmm. right? So you're watching all of these shows that show this like loving figure of a dad, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, I remember when I was younger, I used to watch that and think to myself, like, oh, that's not how my dad is like. But mm -hmm. at the same time, I thought to myself, like, oh, that's just white families. That's yeah. just how white families show love to each other. Like Full House, right? Mm -hmm. Danny Tanner, like, he's such a <laughs> loving dad. Every episode yeah. ends with him, like, kissing his daughter somehow in bed or something. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's very true. But, like, I never had that. And so I think for me, when I did see that, I always thought to myself, like, oh, that's just a white family. Like, that's just not how Asian families are like. But I know some friends who have seen that and they would say, like, I didn't appreciate my dad until later on in life when I mm. realized that he showed love through actions and not through like loving actions. I think because like in Asian tradition, the man, when he does his job right, he's not noticed, right? Because his job is to hold the family steady. Mm -hmm. So if things are going well, then his job is being done. He's not being outwardly like expressive about it. It's not being recognized. It's like, He's kind of behind the scenes. Like and silent being, sacrifice. Yeah, mm. silent yeah. sacrifice is a really good way That's to put it. That's a good way it, yeah. to spell it. So I guess for me, in terms of like how my stepdad being Asian has played a role in my relationship, well, one thing is that I have to speak with him in Mandarin, and we have mm -hmm. English words here and there, mm -hmm. but like, it really informs me, like, I need to practice my Chinese. I guess for me, how it plays into my cultural identity is my stepdad is actually very Taiwanese. I think I identify more my Taiwanese culture when I'm with mm. him and my mom because they speak Taiwanese with each other. So like that language is something that I get instilled. Mm -hmm. And even when we go back to Taiwan, I see these like little like cultural actions. Like they have to go visit like his mom and visit the temple. And so I'm like, okay, those are things I'm realizing that's part of my culture. Would you say the way that Helen described her dad's like demeanor and persona, is that kind of similar to your stepdad? Yes and no. My stepdad is definitely not a bro. He's more like a nerd. <laughs> Because he's like an engineer. His idea... Same with my dad. Right? His idea of fun is he doesn't drink alcohol. He oh, likes that's not to, like my dad. <laughs> he likes to read his Chinese novels on his yeah. iPad while my mom oh. watches her soap opera. So it's like very introverted, mm. my stepdad, and very quiet in a gentle, stoic way. Yeah. Mm. But so it sounds... Yeah. yeah. It sounds very similar, but like maybe their activities are very different. Interests yeah. are different, yeah. But in terms of like traditional values, I see it more when he's talking to my little brother. Mm. Because my little brother's younger. My younger brother got into Berkeley and UCLA, but his dream school is UCLA. And my brother was just not feeling Berkeley. But you could tell my stepdad wanted him to go. And from an Asian's parents' point of view, Berkeley is the number one college. Why right. are you declining the number one mm -hmm. school? And our cousin went to Berkeley, and my brother was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I just don't want to go. So that's when I'm like, oh, that schooling, the education is so important mm -hmm. to you. But that's when I saw the Asian value of my stepdad. Yeah, I think that's the only time my dad, like, really education, pressured me to right? do something, too. Yeah, where it's like, go to pharmacy school, become a doctor. You know, yeah. like, what else are you going to do with your life? I'm like, exactly. I don't know, go into business. <laughs> my stepdad's actually hands-off, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think because yeah, my yeah. mom is very, like, exactly. she's the number one, like, head of house in our family. So I see that more from her. I wonder if that's pretty, because, I mean, that seems seems like a, a common theme, theme between us three at least yeah. right yeah. where it's like the woman is actually True, the household exactly yeah, like parenting. the one that's yeah parenting and being sort of like the bad cop mm -hmm, in the relationship and then the dad's a little bit more like that silent sacrificer who's doing everything yeah. for the family behind yeah. the scenes yeah and not really showing that empathy towards the family in a traditional I guess American nice yeah, sense that's true actually one thing we were talking about before we start recording was like Helen you mentioned how like, your mom was like oh can you go get the garlic from the store can you do this he's like and he always says yes without complaining yeah I think my stepdad is the same way where my mom goes pick up this from the airport or whatever he's like okay doesn't complain at all like yeah. he's the yeah. one that always picks me up from the airport and stays at the office till 9 p.m. just yeah. to wait to pick me up and yeah. doesn't say anything yeah no I would say that like the one characteristic of my dad that I see it's very consistent is just like super dependent I think what that translates to, at least to me when I was younger, seeing this is like literally unconditional love mm -hmm. where it's like, you're not going to say you need to do this for me in yeah. order for me to do this for you. Yeah. Right. It's like, OK, I'm going to do this for you out of love for what you need and what the family overall needs. Right. So like even when 
ever a family member comes, like I sometimes take a red eye, I show up at 5 a.m. He's like, oh yeah, I'll come pick you up, of course. It's without hesitation mm-hmm. that he is literally like the driver of the family too. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, go pick up garlic. It's like, okay, sure, I'll go pick up garlic. But the only time I see him angry or showing emotion is when he's like hangry. Yeah. When he's like, <laughs> when he when he wants to eat, he'll like get upset. And that's when I see like that sort of male dominance yeah, where yeah. it's like, cook me food or yeah. something like that, you know? Well, how about you, Janet? I think, well, it's interesting because I think we've brought this up in past episodes about kind of the different cultural differences. How you guys are describing your fathers, I saw a little bit more of my grandparents. Mm. My parents came over when they were like, I think for graduate school or postgraduate school, like in their 20s. Mm-hmm. While their values are very similar to how you described your fathers, mm-hmm. the way that they acted were sometimes flipped. So when we're saying like it's not traditional for like men to be expressive, I actually feel like my dad is a pretty sensitive and expressive person. And I do have memories, you know, like some of the Danny t- or like examples yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he has he you know, kiss he would, you on the forehead yeah or he you know <gasps> play like little games or like hide and seek or like he was oh, really? I think wow. I think maybe because he because if I think about my grandfather they were both on both sides of the family very stoic figures mm. very quiet very kind of like in the background mm-hmm. and I think maybe if he was raised that way that maybe he had a little bit of like a different reaction or something but still the values are very much there so when you guys give examples of like critical points in your life where you can tell they communicate what is important important and Mm -hmm. that like affects how you look at things yeah my dad is also an engineer he went into technology we've had extensive conversations about careers and he used to say like engineering is not something that I was like passionate about and going into right but I learned to like like it over time Mm -hmm. I think he came over to the U.S. a little bit to pursue like a little bit of that American dream right Mm -hmm. so that's not like I think when our our grandparents generation it's about survival Mm -hmm. or at least for for me my grandparents generation for them it was like you don't think about your work as like the thing you're going to do in the world and your passions it was like do what you you know for the family yeah and I think for my my mom and my dad they kind of like straddled both worlds like they needed to provide and they needed to also like bring my grandparents over and stuff among their friends in their generation it was like you come to the U.S. and you have a dream and you work hard right so my dad worked for like traditional companies but he also had a period where he kind of spun off and did like a startup and things Mm. like that and so in terms of culture there's a little bit of that duality there that's that's interesting no you bring up a good point because like as you're talking it made me think about how my stepdad actually learned how to be an engineer in the military in Taiwan Mm. so he's very like regimented I could tell he's very like yeah that's why the quiet stoicness comes from but my mom was like you guys know my mom she's like hey what's up very like happy warm so loving yeah very loving I think that's her American side or maybe it's my Mm. my family very loving too actually but it's an American side of her and I see that kind of like spilling a little bit into my stepdad because my dad's really quiet but he'll always tell me I love you and, and I always feel like my dad's never said I love you to me <laughs> my mom does now right. but, yeah. but it's That's also actually, that is a very American thing yeah. in like, my family my sister started it when yeah. we were probably in like high school mm-hmm. being more verbally expressive and then my parents started responding to it so now in our family we always say I love you but oh yeah, yeah growing up it was like you don't yeah Chinese culture you don't That's say that thing. <laughs> yeah my mom like started saying it or she would type it through WeChat yeah. and I'd be like Huh? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it still feels weird for me to say it back to my family. Like I think yeah. that's like an Asian thing that I'm like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's like I love you too. Like it was yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of, you kind it of felt weird in the beginning, right? Yeah. yeah, it feels normal for me now, but definitely in the beginning, I remember feeling like this is weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I always like mumble it, like okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, no, I say it to my mom all the time now, but for my dad, it's like we know. Yeah, <laughs> it does not need to be spoken. Yeah. <laughs> But I do think it's like there's a duality of like the Asian side and then yeah. the like the like I guess the American Americanized side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean I think that makes sense. Like culturally, when you're in like China or Taiwan, it's mm-hmm. like that is literally that whole patriarchal yeah. kind of household. It's it's very like almost like one sided. I don't know. I guess why don't Asian people show love? <laughs> like, right? Yeah, I don't know why that is. I feel like we should have another topic talking yeah. about just like where that comes. I think from. maybe just culturally expression. It's like a very private and mm-hmm. like about politeness, like having, saving face, saving face. Yeah, I think having like a persona and yeah, m- and emotion makes you vulnerable. So maybe it's like a I don't like, know, like a sign of weakness. Yeah. yeah. Or like you show your love through like cooking and through food and yeah. through action through oriented yeah, person. But just but looking back at like I think of my grandparents who raised me and like my grandpa. I think in general, just in Asian values, they don't express emotion in general. Like females and males. Like my grandma didn't talk about her feelings at all. Yeah. And then my mom started to maybe because she immigrated at a young age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then I think in general, like not even a male thing in the Asian culture, you just don't talk about your feelings. That is also why there's like a huge issue with like mental health in Asian, mm-hmm. even yeah. like Asian Americans, right? Very true. Like people our age going through a lot of that because mm-hmm. of the household that we were brought up in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll have another episode on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, we going deep, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, what is one thing you have inherited from your father? Hangriness. <laughs> Girl, I mean, yeah. Wait, I have a question to this. Do you guys think, because based on my experience, I don't really know, based on like biological, since yeah. I, I'm not quite sure. Do you guys think personality is inherited like by genes oh. or just by environment? Yeah, things that I would say biologically, I do feel like because of those comments that I got a lot when I was growing up, I feel like feature-wise, I've gotten a lot from my father. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, they always talked about like my, the, I don't know how to translate this in English, but the undertone of your skin is a little bit darker. And like my sister is a little bit like, she's really pale and that's like more like my mom. So they always comment like that my dad and I had like, physically looked a little bit more the same and even habit wise like mm. she's a total night owl <laughs> he would go like days of like not sleeping and then sleep for like 15 hours at a time they said like he would store sleep like a camel and I feel like I definitely had a lot of those like qualities growing up but then personality wise or maybe just like interest wise my dad and myself in our family and some of my cousins are like this too we like to like sit down and have like, deep conversations mm -hmm. about random things my dad and I will spend hours like drinking wine and just talking and mm -hmm. and like philosophy that's not even a word is it a word I, don't know. I like it talking about like philosophy and life so that's like I think something that maybe the way we think about things is kind of similar mm -hmm. um, he's also an engineer and I was told growing up a lot he's like you have a very logic driven mind and that's kind of how his mind works that's interesting that's a little funny. bit of a mini me yeah. <laughs> so. actually when you say that that like literally throughout my whole life too like yeah. the darker skin yeah. I definitely inherited that from my dad yeah. and then from his dad and then mm. my sister is like pale yeah <laughs> annie you're definitely paler but like it's harder for them to get tan and that's like my mom too yeah so it's it's weird how like for me like growing up they would always say like oh you look so much like your dad you're like and your dad yeah. looks like your mom and in the family i feel like then that you are the child treated a little bit more like masculine quality yeah right? and a little bit stronger and a little bit or like yeah different things yeah but every time i like do something that's just like a child or a little bit more brash or you just like mm -hmm. act out a little bit they're like oh you get that from your dad <laughs> oh interesting that is interesting because I, I never had these comparisons growing up because i never really had someone to compare myself to inherited from my dad let me think about this i think the reason why i ask you this is my mom she used to say to me because i don't know she's like oh like you inherited your intellect from your father's side of the family i'm like uh, well how i don't know much but from what i remember what my mom would tell me little things here and there about my my dad's side i guess like my dad's side my biological dad his parents were in the medical field. My grandpa on his side was like a surgeon. Mm -hmm. And then my grandma was a nurse. So I think she's like, oh, that's why your brain is so smart. And I was like, no, it's not. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I just study. She kind of compares me and my little brother, of course, being a typical Asian parent. She's like, you get it quicker than your brother. I was like, thanks. But at the same time, learning. Yeah. yeah, I guess in a sense, like I spent less time studying, but I got good grades. My brother just works extremely hard. Mm -hmm. He's smart too. His grades are much higher than me, but he cares more than I do. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, that's interesting how you pinpoint that out. But in terms of like other father figures in my life and how I guess my personality or just my values, I'm really close to my mom's side of the family. So growing up, our house is always full of my, my uncles and like all these other like extended family. And so I always had my uncle Chong, who's my mom's first younger brother, and my uncle Tom who I always talk about is my youngest of my mom's siblings. My Uncle Tom is the free spirit and like kind of pursued totally different things in my family. He's the one that went to fashion and like lived in Asia for work. And he's always been like a mentor in that way because he'll always tell me to do things and try it and not judge it versus my mom's like, oh, no, don't do that. That's not safe or whatever. And I think I kind of get that like free spirit from my uncle, my Uncle Tom. That's just the way he is too. And also he's yeah. very loving in that way. And I kind of see how that kind of influenced me, how I treat my friends and my, yeah. and like my coworkers and my other family members. Uncle Tom told me one day, he was like, honey, you should totally try marijuana, but don't like judge it before you try it. And I was like, thanks, um, Uncle Tom. And my mom's like, oh no, that's so bad for you, blah, blah, blah. But that's then funny. I think it's just kind of like his mentality on things really just influenced Very open-minded. Yeah. Very open-minded. Yeah. But another quality I noticed in my family, maybe because we're Americanized, that when we hang out and we talk, we talk like this, like how we're talking to each other. We talk about sex, dating, like it's wow. nothing. Very open. Yeah. Very yeah. open. There's no sense of like, oh, it's taboo. Yeah. So I don't know if that's like inherited through my father figures in my life or just it's a mm. family thing that, mo that mm. my mom's family has that that's been instilled in me. So I guess that's like what I've inherited from the, I guess, father figures in my life. That makes sense. Yeah. You get it from your, like your uncle, your grandpa, other like strong men in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. They're very fun people. Is there anything that your Uncle Tom has taught you that you feel like it has kind of stuck with you? There's not one thing, but he always feels a sense of security in a way that I trust him. And as like not only as an uncle, but as a really good friend, he's always taught me to think outside the box. When my mom's mm. in some way, she's actually traditional. Because my mom has this dual sense of American and Asian mm -hmm, values. Mm -hmm. 
But the traditional side is always there. But my Uncle Tom is very like, think outside the box. He doesn't see things in ways and lenses that other people in my family do. And maybe it's because he's rebellious as a teenager. He did all these other kind of like non-traditional STEM careers. So I think that quality has allowed me to kind of open up my mind more and like think of things in a very non-traditional way. He's always been like someone that I always considered walking me down the aisle too because I have such a close relationship with him. He's yeah. always there for me. When I was going through my breakup, like I think two years ago, he's like, yeah, honey, come out to Tokyo with me and like really just oh. took care of me. Like, he said one thing to me as like a father figure you want to hear. When I was dating my ex-boyfriend, he was saying like, he's so into horoscopes. He was like, honey, you're both Pisces. Be careful because you guys are both really emotional people. And like when you guys fall, you fall fast. Oh. So just be careful. I want to meet your Uncle Tom. He's, I want he's to awesome. I've yeah, met him before yeah. and he's so fun. He's great. Shout out to Uncle Tom. No. I'm, a, I'm a Virgo. Uncle Tom, what should I partner <laughs> be? No, but he said to me, he's like, but honey, but when I, the reason why I'm telling you this is like, I want you to fall as much as you can because we'll always be there to catch you. Oh, that's so sweet. So when I heard that, I was like, oh my God. Like, you don't hear that from he's like a, a good guy. Yeah. yeah. From a stoic, a like guy. Asian yeah. father figure. Right, right. So I think having that sensitive emotional side like for my uncle it really means a lot maybe that's why i'm so vulnerable and i'm yeah. so emotional because i've been given feel like it was safe to do that yeah, yeah i've been given a verbal okay to do whatever i want with my emotions yeah. because yeah. i have someone to back me up if something yeah. were to happen so i think that's something i've always remembered oh yeah yay uncle tom yeah actually mel the way that you answered that question about like something that he taught you. When I think about with my dad, there isn't like any one like lesson or thing, but it's just like, because we maybe, I think we are very similar in kind of our temperament. He knows that there are points in my life where I get very anxious about stuff mm -hmm. or like I get very like 10 steps ahead and yeah. like, oh my God, I'm flustered. And so whenever things have been really challenging, he will always be like, everything will be okay. Mm -hmm. And making me feel like I had the, like no matter what happens or what I want to do that he would support. And he's, I mean, you know, like I, my parents are kind of like a little bit more Americanized, but still their values are very Chinese. So when I was going through a lot of my career switches, there were conversations with him where he was like, okay, let's think through this. And, yeah. you know, but still at the end, it was like, if I wanted to go and run off to Kenya or whatever, like yeah. he was like, okay, we'll be here to support you. Yeah. And what? yeah, and I think that ties into that, like the cultural aspect of like dependability and reliability mm -hmm. that no matter what, your family will always be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's been very, I think, critical for, <laughs> for, why for my you, upbringing. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. How about you, Helen? What is the most important thing your dad has taught you? I mean, I think with my dad, quiet strength, I think it's something that I definitely take from him. Like just kind of being very even keeled and like calm, more of like a, a listener of sorts before and instead of someone who's like very expressive with emotions and i think that is i mean it comes from maybe parents from like the household i didn't have an uncle tom yeah right to be like you're it's okay it's safe to feel or express mm -hmm. or to show emotions so i think one thing i've taken from him is definitely like he's worked in restaurant business and then he worked his way up to becoming one of like the head chefs of a, a large restaurant chain now and he's been there for like 30 years wow so it's like that sort of just like endurance mm. and never complaining about it mm. and never bringing home any negative energy i mean he works with all like white co-workers mm. right and he doesn't speak english that well so being able to survive in like an americanized hotel chain and being able to run that space mm -hmm. as one of the head chefs i'm sure that brings with it a lot of difficulties and he never talks about it and he is seen in that space now as like the head honcho bro or whatever <laughs> and it's like I can only imagine him speaking like broken English, telling people what to do. I'm like, mm -hmm. that's pretty cool yeah. that he can do that. But yeah, I think from him, I've learned to be like humble in the work that you're doing and just continue pushing through. And yeah. I see that a lot in you. Me too. Yeah. 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 And also being just very like empathetic towards friends and families in more like an, an action kind of way, maybe rather than like a verbally loving way. Mm -hmm. I think you mentioned it earlier, but you know, one thing I, we talk about this off the mic and in general, I see in you is that. You literally drop anything if something were to happen to a friend or family. Especially your friends in LA, you put us first a lot. And you never do anything with complaints. Zero. You never get upset about something. You're like, okay, like, cool. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll make it work. And like, I yeah, think it's because you're very expressive, but then emotionally even killed when things mm -hmm. get stressful or when something happens. I don't know if I've seen you freak out. <laughs> so Yeah. I think, which is great because I'm like, I'm the freak out person. <laughs> and then Helen's like, oh, cool. We got like, we yeah. got it. <laughs> So I guess I get that from my from my dad. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's weird because I guess I never thought about that until sitting down looking through sort of these questions and like thinking about it. I'm like, where did that come from? Definitely didn't come from my mom because she's like super emotional and like, 
you know, I think it's like Janet where it's, you know, very, you look like him and then you kind of act like him. A little bit of a mini me. (laughs) Exactly. Like a mini, definitely always been like a daddy's girl. Did you guys ever hear stories about your fathers or your uncles, like about when they were growing up? Oh my God. Totally. (laughs) I think it's my mom's side, like my two uncles are, there's definitely stories because like, there's stories of them all growing up in Hawaii together. My mom and my two brothers, I think I mentioned the ABM episode, they moved in with my uncles and my aunt. So they got this one huge house of six teenagers. Mm. And my uncle Chong, pretty much, he was a nerd in high school. And he always tells the story how he was like this big mathematics nerd. And he landed like the, the Miss Hong Kong girl because he didn't know anything about dating. And he brought her to prom. And my other uncle was like, who the hell? Whoa, you landed this girl? So I hear like stories of like that, those mm. type of stories. Yeah. And then my other uncle, Uncle Tom always had like, he was always partying or something. Mm-hmm. Like him getting high in fashion school and a bucket of chicken wings or something like that. <laughs> these are these are the stories I heard from my uncles. The one story that I like clearly remember is when my mom was telling me how my dad would pursue her. So oh, I mean they aww. lived in like the village and I guess my mom she had to walk like 45 minutes to school or something like that. Oh my gosh. And then my dad would walk her home every day, like along the river. Aww. And I can all, almost just like imagine That's just so like sweet. countryside along the river. Like she, he'll be like biking while she's walking or she's biking, Aww. he's walking or something like that. She was like, yeah, he was very persistent about pursuing me ever since we were in high school or very young. To me, I'm like, is that creepy? Or is that like, yeah. <laughs> like before when I used to hear that story, I'd be like, oh, that's so sweet. And I'm like, dang, dad, were you creepy? <laughs> yeah. But no, we need more men like that yeah. nowadays. Uh, chivalry, right? Chivalry. Yeah. yeah, there you go, chivalry. But yeah, I would just hear stories about how he was just like, it's kind of broy. I mean, I see this from pictures too, where it's like him and like four other guys and they're just hanging out and like smoking. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was like six or seven or something like that, that my dad just completely stopped smoking, mm. which is kind of crazy. Like he was a chain smoker. And before you were able to smoke inside, indoors, in restaurants, and he would smoke at home and I'd be like, what are you doing, Dad? Like, we would, like, pretend to be, like, choking or whatever, yeah, yeah. right? My like, sister and I had similar things that I did. Yeah. <laughs> and he stopped that, just, like, cold turkey. The things I've heard about him has always been, like, super macho mm. and bro-y. <laughs> I don't know if you guys seen pictures of Helen's dad, but I always tell Helen, I'm like, dang, he's pretty good looking for us. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, not like that. I'm just saying, like... Mel's hollering at your... No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, he's definitely in, like, a good... Okay, I'm, I'm gonna stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I'm always curious about like our parents' relationships with other people, mm-hmm. right? Like before they got to where they are now. Mm-hmm. And it's, I kind of want to ask about like, because my mom was like pretty hot too. I was like, who's pursuing you? Then maybe that's another episode we can have. But <laughs> I'd love to ask my mom this actually. But I think my dad's been pursuing my mom since he was young. And wow. I don't think he's ever strayed. So I'm like, oh for my dad similar to helen my dad he did also smoke i think started smoking when he was like 13 and like heavy chain smoking all the way until his like 40s i want to say and then he went through like a yeah like cold turkey just kind of quit but i heard stories from like family and some of his friends that when he was growing up i don't know if it's like macho-ness but like he had like a little i don't know if you want to call it a gang of friends but he had a nickname and they called him like little wolf or something how do you say that how do you say that mandarin um xiaolong so that was his name. <laughs> Xiaolong. Yeah, like Little Wolf or something. So uh-huh. the kind of sense that I got from his friends in their stories, because I think also he was in the Taiwan army or something. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Very sociable, very mm-hmm. like not flirtatious with women, because I, I got the sense that he wasn't, he didn't like date very like, playful, much. maybe. But I think he had like a lot of charisma with people mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which is interesting, because then you see him as like a father figure, which is like stoic and there for the family yeah. and works and stuff. But I feel like he was a very, like he had gregarious. Like, a, yeah, kind gregarious, the yeah. playfulness to him. But still also being the eldest son in the family I think mm-hmm. there was because I heard stories like when my grandma and my grandpa found out that he smoked like they made him like stand in the corner of the bathroom for like two days or something I don't know it was like some really harsh yeah. you know so he grew up around like a lot of like strict traditional values but I think that his personality was naturally a little bit more mm-hmm. like playful and stuff I'm like I want to meet your dad's now Not- <laughs> I don't want you to meet my dad now. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> he's like 60, Mel. <laughs> you know what? I was not... No, I'm not hitting on your dad. He's never, like, he's never strayed. Don't make him stray. <laughs> you know, I, oh, God. No, 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 no. Oh, my gosh. Hey guys, now that we have an LLC, we've been trying to figure out how to organize everything from invoices to meeting notes, e-signing documents to managing our expenses. If you have a business and you're struggling with tedious administrative tasks, 
HoneyBook is here to help you get your plan off the ground. HoneyBook is an online business management tool that lets you control your client communications, bookings, contracts, and invoices all in one place. So if you're using a bunch of different programs like QuickBooks for your expenses, Google Suite for your meeting notes, and MailChimp for your newsletters, you can consolidate all of them in one place on HoneyBook. Right now, HoneyBook is offering our listeners 50% off your first year with promo code ABG. Payment is flexible, and this promotion applies whether you pay monthly or annually. Go to HoneyBook.com and use promo code ABG for 50% off your first year. Get paid faster and work smarter with HoneyBook.com. Promo code ABG. Does your dad or like father figures listen to the podcast? And what does he think? Mm. No. <laughs> no, I definitely don't think he listens to podcasts, nor does he know about it, nor do I think my mom knows about it. And I am completely okay with that because they don't need to know about my sex life. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. My stepdad, nope, unless it's a Chinese novel, he will not listen yeah. or read it. Yeah. But my. My uncle Chong was like, oh, yeah, Melody, I heard you, like, have a blog. I was like, oh, okay. A blog? No, a blog. <laughs> he definitely doesn't know what it is, but oh. I don't think anyone in my family actually listens to the podcast. What would they think if they did know? I feel like Uncle Tom would be completely oh, yeah. cool Oh, yeah. He would it. support it, yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, honey, like, yeah. totally. Talk about your sex. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> How long? <laughs> Jane, I know you mentioned before your dad supports the podcast. Yeah, right? yeah. I don't know if he listens. He understands the concept yeah. of, of a podcast. I don't know if he's listened before, but we have talked, and I do share with both my parents. I don't know if my mom totally understands what a podcast is either, but they're both very supportive of me doing something that is mm-hmm. like exploring my cultural dynamic. Very cool. I think that's really cool, yeah. But I know my aunt listens. Shout out to oh, Gugu. Really? Oh, really? <laughs> She's, she listens to like every episode, <gasps> so I've been told. So Hi, thanks, Gugu, auntie. for the support. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hi, Gugu. Thanks for listening. <laughs> in this episode, you guys probably learned that like the father figures in my life are really my stepdad, my uncles, and my grandpa. Um, besides your own dad do you guys have any other father figures in your life that really like took care of you you guys look up to I think for me in the context of like high school my high school volleyball coach was very father figure like Mm -hmm. Um, also very like stoic and like I mean he was one of I think like assistant Olympic volleyball US coach or whatever Wow. so he was very uh, regimented in everything but that's also I think how I got the volleyball skills that I did in high school but he was also very caring like he would take us out for like dinners and all of that too and make sure that we were doing okay with school and I remember him sitting me down like how's school are you okay are you spending too much time on volleyball do you need to focus I'm like no I'm good but thanks for checking it you know so yeah. he, he was always someone that I saw as like a very stable person in my life that I could go to Mm. to talk about things with and then when it came to like work I had mentors who I mean there was a part of my career after like four years or so where I was heavily thinking about leaving and these male figures kind of came into my life and they were partners at the firm and they said okay well let's talk through like what are your possible tracks afterwards and they kind of just like looked after me in a career sense mm-hmm. I also saw it as like a father figure sense because they didn't need to take anything from it they weren't expecting anything from me it was just like I just want to make sure that I'm helping you with your career so I feel like throughout my life I've had like pockets of you know father yeah. figures mm-hmm. but um but yeah those were my two how about you, Janet? I think beyond my dad, maybe more like the other male figures in my family. I also had a lot of uncles and then my grandfathers. Because growing up like with, you know, Chinese culture, like your relatives are mm-hmm. very important. So like I was around a lot of my family a lot growing up. So probably more just like my grandfathers who were more of that traditional stoic, but always there. Even though the grandmothers were like the decision makers, mm-hmm. <laughs> they were always there to support and just very like steady, dependable figures. But outside of that, yeah, I don't know. In work and in school, I actually feel like I've had more like female, mm. female type mentors. It's usually people you can like relate to more too. So it's probably easier yeah. to come from a female figure. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Mel? Outside of your family? So in high school, I had a, these group of high school friends from the neighborhood. And one of my friends, Ian, he lived like a few blocks away from me. His family is like a typical like American Caucasian. He's Indonesian Dutch, but his dad was Italian. Ooh, Indonesian Italian, Dutch. Yeah, Italian and Irish. And so growing up in high school from like probably freshman year till we transferred, every Friday we'd always go over to his house and his mom would cook dinner for us, take us out. And his dad, Bill, was always there. And he saw me and my two best friends, Vicky and Lindsay, who also went there as his daughters. Mm. And we were like the only girls. He was really protective over us. Mm. So whenever we had a boyfriend or whatever, he was like, who's this guy? And like very traditional, like, I want to make sure he's good enough for you guys. And I kind of felt like that was when I got my Uncle Joey, Uncle Jesse type of like, yeah, uh, yeah. I guess, dynamic yeah. from Bill. 
And it was really nice because I think that's why you get that. Like, you watched the movie. So he was that character that was protective of us and didn't want us hanging out with the wrong guys and making sure we were taken care of in that very American traditional sense. Mm -hmm. So he's someone that I do see like a American dad. Mm -hmm. Were your dads okay with you dating? Did they ever find out when you were dating and how did they react? My dad didn't care. My, my, or my, like, my stepdad. Well, he had no, my mom had all the opinions. So <laughs> he was the one saying, you know, yes or no. He kind of just kind of had a hands off approach with my boyfriends. Or, I mean, you know what it is in high school? This sounds really messed up, but maybe he just didn't care. Because mm-hmm. it's like he knew that it was like a whatever thing. Well, my mom always wants to know everything that's going on in my life. Yeah. But I did notice he made an effort with my ex boyfriend. He'll like come, mm-hmm. and come, come over and shake his hand, wishing him good night, have a safe trip home. And I was like, whoa, this is like so foreign to me to see you interact. So I think now that I'm older, it seemed more of an effort on his end. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe because I'm near the age of marriage and he has to like, you know, be involved. <laughs> but how about you guys? My first boyfriend. My dad, I feel like he drove he, you. Yeah, he drove <laughs> me to meet up with him and stuff. So he was always supportive, a little bit like hands off. Like I think he wanted me to like kind of experience things for myself, but then protective in terms of like not wanting me to get hurt or anything, mm-hmm. right? So we definitely mm-hmm. had an awkward sex talk, which was. Oh, <laughs> oh, did you ever have that with your dad? A sex talk? Nope, and I would like to keep it that way. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it was Whoa. two seconds. Literally, it was like I walked into the kitchen, I was getting <laughs> some water. It. Yeah, and he's like, you know, you should be protecting yourself. I was like, yeah, conversation over. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't worry, it's fine. Everything's That's fine. Funny. It's How old are you? This is high school. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I've never had the sex talk. It was more just like, don't do it. That was a sex talk. <laughs> three, three, three words. <laughs> don't Barely do a it. sentence. <laughs> How old were you, though? Probably in high school. Oh, my gosh. There was one time, it was in, how old was I? Maybe in 10th, 9th grade, uh-huh. that I had a boyfriend who was non-Asian. And somehow, my mom found out. It was so bad. And that, that was one of the other times I saw my dad, like, angry. Because they were like, one, you shouldn't have a boyfriend. Two, he is not Asian. Ooh. And I was like, oh, shit. It was, it was bad. That's interesting. Like, I think my mom has found out about my other boyfriends before, and she hasn't been as mad. Mm. But, like, and my dad never really cared because my mom would do all, like, the yelling. Yeah. But then for that one, he was just, like, extra, like, what are you doing? You should be, like, focusing on school, and why are you not going to after school? Why are you going mm. to this boy's house or whatever? I, I think like, that's where the, the traditional sense comes in because I do mm. think our fathers, maybe more traditional, they would want us to be the Asian man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because mm. it's like then they feel like they're kind of maybe being passed down somehow. Actually, I wonder this too, especially with you two. Your family has two daughters, no males. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're extra protective of you guys when it comes to finding a partner because you guys are not passing down the family line. Yeah. So it's like in a, a different point. dynamic. It's actually, right? I think about that too, about how like my dad is so kind of broy, and he had two daughters. Yeah. So women dominated household, a lot of tampons in the trash can, a lot of like pads, <laughs> a lot of like no questions asked, just yeah. a lot of hair in the drain, whatever. Right? Yeah. But like now that my sister has Tyler... Yeah. He is so loving towards him. Well, at first, when he was a baby, he was like, okay, I don't want to hold him. Like, I don't know how to hold him. Yeah. He'd be like, oh, go away. Yeah. And like, once he starts crying, he's like, take him, take him. You know? like, <laughs> but now, my sister said he'll like disappear with Tyler. I'll call her and be like, where's Tyler? She'd be like, I don't know. Dad took him somewhere. And I would call my dad and he's just like walking around and like pushing him in the little, like in the little toy car along the sidewalk. And I'm just like, what are you doing? She's like, we're going out on a walk. You know? <laughs> so he's like super loving towards him. And I think he's like very happy that yeah. he now has some sort of like a, a son figure yeah. in his life. I definitely do notice like a generation, like kind of jump where even talking to my mom and her relationship with my grandpa and his relationship with my uncles, it's different how his relationship is with me, my brother and my cousins. Like mm. super super loving and very like affectionate yeah. i think it maybe is because like there's a very different relationship with like grandparents and like children yeah yeah, yeah that makes sense for my dad he's never my mom would be more expressive like we would prefer someone chinese just it's easier for communication yeah. but at the end of the day they really want my sister and i just to be happy yeah. he's never made any type of, of comments yeah yeah I think now they're kind of just like, oh, we'll just get married. I'm like, yeah. who you get like, married, what you get married to, just get married. <laughs> Ooh, Jenny, you brought up a good point because so growing up, I always cared about my mom's opinion a lot. But then it wasn't until like my last relationship where, because my ex-boyfriend was Taiwanese, mm-hmm. 
he's able to communicate with my dad and like talk about golf and i was like that's it was really nice, really nice to nice see to yeah my stepdad was always a quiet one and never really mm-hmm. interacted to see him interact with someone that was someone i really cared about in my life i was like this is really nice in my head i was like dang this is another reason why i would actually want to date an asian guy yeah, who could speak yeah. mandarin because it's like it gives another relationship to my stepdad to have and i yeah. really really enjoyed that yeah i've thought about that too a lot about like my choice of mm. a partner yeah would be because my dad doesn't his english is not that good mm-hmm. so it's like either we sit at dinner table and we're just kind of quiet or awkwardly trying to you know communicate or you know you find someone who can speak mandarin and they speak mandarin perfectly so yeah do you guys think about for like your future children like what are qualities that you really would like to see in a partner as a father figure I think I mentioned this before, but the fact that my parents are really affectionate and they're very loving, I want that with my partner because I think it, it does affect the child. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I'm like, even though my parents are divorced, quote unquote, like, but seeing my parents so in love, it's just like, I don't, that's why I feel so nuclear because like, I get to see a really um, good, solid mom and dad relationship. And I would want that type of love to be reflected and seen with my child. Another thing I, I see as my set that I really like is where my little cousin, like soccer tournament and my, my stepdad's really quiet and my cousin was like six and she's playing soccer and he was like go Mia like really cheering her on and I was like whoa like I never thought he would be that interactive mm-hmm. and like expressive but like and I saw that I was like this is another reason why I want to give you a grandchild because I know he'll be really involved and wants to be yeah. involved mm-hmm. in their life and I think that's a quality I would want my husband to also have with my child is that being involved with our children's lives it just is nice yeah. And I think similar for me too. It's like someone who is very passionate, involved, very like loving, caring, obviously towards their kids. Sometimes I think about more about like my partner's relationship with me and mm. then how my children see our relationship. Mm, that's, that's a really good point. Yeah. That's something that I find because then they're just going to get like the residual of the love that they already see from mm-hmm. their parents. I definitely see my relationships in the context of like how my parents' relationships were, mm. like the, the good things and the bad things from it. For them, the whole being very dependable and doing things very unconditionally, mm. that is something that I've gotten into arguments with my boyfriend about because sometimes like you don't want to feel taken for granted or whatever like we have all of these emotions of almost feeling like self-entitled and like i should be entitled to like you doing certain things for me or Mm. whatever it is and there's a part of me that even with my boyfriend right now you know he's very passionate he he shows a lot of emotion and that's not something i saw in my dad and Mm. so i love that about him literally i love many things about him because of how passionate he is about things that i care about but then when we talk about future and having kids sometimes i'm like well i kind of want you to have that like calm strong father figure sense also that my Mm. dad had right Mm -hmm. because like right now i think with my boyfriend like i feel like he's very hands-on with things like he's very passionate he has a lot of input with like Mm. everything versus with my dad he was definitely more hands-off he let me be this like free spirit to figure out what i wanted to do Mm. with my life and only had like very strong opinions on like school or career and that's that's really it i mean those are two big things but like (laughs) that was like pretty much it so a part of me is like my dad was super chill but also there's a side of it where it's like, oh, but was he passionate, right? Mm-hmm. And then now it's like when my boyfriend's like super passionate, not that chill. And it's like, <laughs> but I need you to be more chill when that happens. And I think that's something that I'm going to have to deal with <laughs> with my current boyfriend. So there's a part of us right now where we do talk about like long-term things, you know, things that come up in our relationship now where it's like, okay, but when we have kids, right? Yeah. Like, how is this going to play out? You know, one thing that my mom has mentioned about my real dad that I always, my mom never shit talks. She's, that's not how she is sort of <laughs> but she was saying like you know your dad was not a bad person he just wasn't ready for the responsibility of being a father mm. and that's something that i always thought about i was like shit like, like that's a different quality we think about and for like being yeah. a father and i'm like you know what that's true like that's when i think about my partner i want him to be ready for the responsibility yeah. and not just be like oh shit i don't want to do like oh you do you handle it yeah it's a partnership when raising right. a child right that's something because I have a lot of friends now who are starting to have children. I see the different ways that the man is involved. And it works differently for each family, right? But I've seen I've seen some family units where the woman is doing much more of the child care. Mm-hmm. They're okay with that, right? Mm-hmm. And then I have I see other examples where my friends, their husbands are incredibly involved. Like sometimes it's like 50-50 almost. Mm-hmm. Like even with the small infant, they're they're getting up with the feedings and they're doing everything. And I think actually for us specifically culturally, that is less 
popular, right? Mm-hmm. Because in Asian culture, usually it's like the child rearing goes mm-hmm. for the to the mother. And so for me, like I, as I think about a future partner, like I want to maintain some of the cultural, I don't know what culture my future husband will be, but if they are Chinese or if they are Asian, like I definitely want a partner who is more 50-50 mm-hmm. um, and who will be there fully for all of the aspects of, of raising children together. And also it's like someone who really wants children. Because mm-hmm. I think that makes a big difference, like that they have their aspirations for how they want to raise someone Versus just kind of like, I'm just having kids because I should. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've talked about this with like my current boyfriend too. It's like when we have kids, it needs to be 50-50. Like that's something I've literally stated before. Like I think I don't want to be the type of mom that's just at home and he's kind of going off building his own empire. Like I want to build my empire too. So you got to be 50-50 no matter what. That's true. But yeah, agreed for him to be very involved and like not just like wanting to fulfill the requirement of having kids or whatever to fulfill their parents' desires too, but like to really want kids and to be involved in their lives another quality that kind of goes hand in hand with wanting to be involved is i want a, a partner that's actually really i guess patient understanding because i hear like from my coworkers and my friends that like women go through like postpartum mm-hmm. and having to deal with that as a partner as a husband is tough so it's like i don't want my husband to lose like patience with me like oh my gosh she's going through this my old coworker diego he's like you have to be there for your wife like mm-hmm. you have to be there when she has a child because do postpartum was like tough not only on her but on me and like having to be there for it and raising a child at the same time so it's like kind of someone who could be there regardless of what's going on your hormones mm-hmm. are changing i think when like even our friends who are like our age who have kids like one of the sweetest things i've seen from the guy is they're like women are incredible women are when they recognize it where they recognize it after the kid is born because then they see all of the things that the woman goes through and they like revere them and look at them in such like a different light now and i think that's what you're talking about like Mm -hmm. you want a guy that sees that and doesn't focus on like the negative side of whatever or just takes for granted that like yeah all women have babies right and Mm -hmm. you should be able to do you know Mm -hmm. yeah All right, so this wraps up the episode on our fathers. And it's, for I would say for me, this was like an incredibly difficult episode to sort of like talk through, Mm -hmm. but mostly because I've never really thought Um, about the role my dad had in my life. mm -hmm. I think it's also been very like stable and he's like been a very chill dude and like all good stuff, but not until you kind of like dig in and think about what your dad has done for you that it's just like, yeah, you kind of appreciate them more. So we would encourage you as our listeners to kind of sit down and maybe talk to your dads about their past or, you know, kind of just reflect on what this father figure has been in your life. And, you know, if your dad is not present, other father figures in your life and how they've sort of contributed to your personality and your actual being and, and all of that. Nowadays, there's a huge popular focus on female empowerment, but we can't forget to recognize the men in our lives who support and help us there so thank you to the dads out there to the father figures and to our abbs abbs yes i was like and abbs <laughs> we hope you guys use this father's day to really reflect and appreciate the people other guys in your life that has been there for you and if you guys enjoyed this episode we are on all the podcasting platforms itunes spotify stitcher at abg asian boss girl leave us a rating or a review if you really enjoyed this episode we would so much appreciate that we're also on social media instagram and facebook and twitter so you can hit us up there as well and we will catch you on the next episode bye Bye.